Christopher Rayson Marshall is a New York City-based actor, director, and writer. He received his MA in acting from the University of Memphis in 2013 and moved to New York City in 2014 to pursue a career in classical theater and TV and film. He has since trained with Black Arts Intensive Workshop at Stella Adler and has been trained in Jacques Lecoe and Mask, Clown and Commedia dell'arte, Classical Acting, Viewpoints, and Suzuki. In January of this year, he completed a month-long intensive at Shakespeare and Company. You can find out more about Christopher at his website, ChristopherMarshall.net, or on Instagram, at Christopher Rayshun Marshall. Welcome, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank I'm you excited for being to be here. Yeah, this is great. Partly because of the way that you and I know each other really is just an introduction to one another are. So mm. you and I really only know each other via two different instances. One was the three months that you and I both were at the Seeing Place Theater. And then another time was by happenstance because we both were at Shetler. I, would, I believe I was preparing for a performance that night of Fancy Maids that I was doing, I believe. And yes. they, Okay, and then you were preparing for an audition or a callback audition. So you asked me to be on book for you while you just practiced it, you know, a few more times before going into it. Which so, is what you do in New York. You just see a random person, you know, I was like, hey, come here, help me with the scene. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Let's start with how you and I know one another. So how long were you at the scene place? Were you there longer than I was for the three months? Yes, I was there for... Let's see. I was there up until we auditioned for Measure for Measure. I actually auditioned for Measure for Measure. So I'm assuming that was to that spring. And then um, I left the company the night of the auditions for Measure for Measure. Have you kept in touch with anybody from our time there? Yeah. Um, one of my really good friends. Um, you remember Will, right? I, I've been in a performance with him since. Yeah. Yeah. Will and I are really, really good friends. He's... he's um, he and I talk all the time or I, I harass him all the time and he just responds. <laughs> and, um, and he's an actor that I use in a few of my plays, uh, specifically like the play Swingers. I had a play that was actually going to go on a regional tour and he was going to be one of the stars of it. And then all of this happened. So uh, we have to kind of see what's going on with that. But um, yeah, he was, he was, I, I was, I've been doing these weekly readings and he was actually in a reading like three weeks ago. I haven't talked to him since I need to get, to reach out to him, but that's the only person that I talk to like consistently. I speak to Robin from time to time, but Will and, and Isaac, uh, the other Isaac, the black Isaac. I forgot that there was another Isaac there. That's right. Yeah, there was black Isaac. <laughs> you know, I, I talked to him. Other than that, I don't really think I still communicate with anybody from there. There were a handful of people that I really enjoyed spending time with, like talking on the way to the train or whatever. Um, so Will and I, as I said, we were in a production together. Mm -hmm. He filled in at the last minute for the lead, which was, you know, just fantastic. And he was so good. It was called a yeah. Sonata. And uh, Christine, uh, she and I were on the train quite a bit together. And as we all are, I was so focused on my career that I had no time. I, I think she would have enjoyed if we had spent more time together as friends because we're both on the Jersey side. And I certainly would have enjoyed that. But just didn't have time. Donna, similar. We would have rides on the train together talking. Do you remember Donna? Who's Donna? What was her last name? Um, I sent her a message recently just thinking maybe she would see it. Donna Cooper? She was a black lady, skinny, really. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember who you are. Yeah, yeah, her. yeah. I really enjoyed her. I think I may have been a little too much for her at the time because uh, I have a very exuberant personality sometimes and uh, 
So, but she had. She, I think I think um, a lot of us were too much for Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone was too much for Donna. Well, Donna has. I mean, she's got. Anyway, it's not about Donna, but she had she had a lot going on. Yeah. Taking care of you know elderly parents that need a lot of attention, et cetera. Brogan. Oh yeah, I do stay in touch with Brogan too. Brogan and I are actually pretty cool. And uh, Ajinkia, Ajinkia, he went back to India, but oh, did he? Yeah, he. That's why he left the company. It's it's so funny because you left early on. Literally, when you remember when we all got cast in that company, we were associate company members. There were like twenty four of us, and by the end of the year, there was they were holding on to like five strong, including the two two that owned it. Because I feel like there was too many people to have in the company. But then also at the same time, what can we do for company member retention is what it should be the main question that what that, that comes up in that. Yeah, they have a very specific model. And I think I think the model that they have is worthwhile, to be honest with you. They uh, oh, yeah. they really they really helped me um, kind of see what we do a, a little bit in a in, in little bit broader terms. I really wasn't thinking about and envisioning what we do as a relationship between us and the audience, like on, on the regular, I wasn't thinking about it that way. Now I do, um, specifically because of being around them so much. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it wasn't like it was a foreign concept. It's just that I wasn't, I didn't think about that going into every production, and now I do. Yeah, well, most of my training has been in British and French acting tra- tra- training. So, like, everything I do is, is in relationship to the audience. The next time that you and I met each other was at Shetler Studios, which uh, heartbreaking for all of us to find out that like a lot of our homes, they've had to shutter up and they're probably not going to return. So that's incredibly sad um, for all of us. But yeah, we met there. I was doing um, an incredible production I was involved in and later got invited to uh, the Raves Theater Festival, which is a brand new theater festival by Ken Ken Davenport of Broadway fame and, mm-hmm. um, and it did win four awards. Like it took, it swept their, their thing. It was a really, really well-written piece. But I was there in the lobby-ish area when you were ready to go to a callback. What was it you were auditioning for and what came of that? Glad you asked. I was actually thinking about that. I was auditioning for Midsummer, and I got the callback for Oberon, Theseus, and stag i believe yeah and in my initial audition the director was like what you're giving i've directed this show for over 20 years i thought i've seen every possible way to play these characters and you've shown me something new i'm super excited so in my head i'm like i got this i rocked it you know what i mean um we we did we did the we ran the lines uh you and i ran and ran the lines outside and as I was waiting for my turn, there happened to be another audition going on um, and for a, film, for a film festival. And I was like, oh, they're looking, they're looking to audition like hosts and, and uh, presenters for a film festival. So since I got like, since I'm super early and I got time, I'll just go to that audition real quick. Sorry. I totally, no, I totally forgot. I think I went, I think I was going to that, that night too. You're jogging my memory here. Yeah. 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 So what, what came of that was I went to the audition. I started being myself in the audition. I had everyone at the film festival audition laughing 
I left the when I left the room, you just heard like howling, laughing down the hallways. Uh, and I was like, yeah, rock that audition. Now I'm going to go rock this callback and then, you know, get both these gigs because call this midsummer ends in February. The film festival starts when midsummer, the week after midsummer ends. Perfect thing. So I get into my midsummer audition and the casting director says, so the, there was this young, um, white woman, like blonde haired white woman who came, who went before me, she was auditioning to be, uh, Titania. And I was auditioning for Oberon. And I thought she and I would hit it off pretty well. She got into the audition and apparently while she was auditioning, she wanted to make sure that they understood that I didn't, that I took the time to go do another audition. Wait, I don't think I'm following. So she, I went, she snitched on me that I went to the casting director for oh. Midsummer that I ran to go off to go do another audition, even though it wasn't my audition time. Um, so when I came back, the, the casting director made sure to say in front of the director and the producer, oh, so you decided to go do another audition while waiting for your callback. And I was like, yeah. And so I did the, I did the callback. They loved the callback, but I didn't get the role because apparently it's frowned upon to go audition for something else while you're, even though it's not your call, not your audition time. Like I, I, my audition time was like 45 minutes after the time that I went to do the audition, the other audition, but they looked down on that. So I didn't get it. So what did you end up getting involved in at that period of time? Well, I did get the winter film award. Nice. Uh, thing. I got the, I got a host and presenter position there. Um, and then I also became a film judge for that company as well. Um, and I was an interviewer. I, I was going around interviewing like the different artists and directors and stuff like that. Um, also, I booked an original play that went up at Dixon Place. So like I didn't get that. And then literally the next day I booked the lead in an original play that went up in Dixon Place. What which was Hmm? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask you what the play was. Go ahead. Oh, it was, uh, it was, the play was called Damned, and my role was Mattathon. It's kind of like a future dystopian kind of um, Shakespearean sort of thing where we go so far in the future that it actually now looks like the past because, like, there's no electricity or anything anymore, so we have to live, like, the Middle Ages. And I was Prince Mattathon, um, who was dealing with his father and the kingdom and and a lot of uh, a lot of like underhanded stuff that was going on there was there was magic and dragons and gods and and then i ended up dying at the end so it was all in good fun you know <laughs> so well it sounds like it had the potential to be a, a really good piece did it feel that way no it really was it was it was it was really good and actually i really enjoyed it um i wish that we we that we could turn it into something more. Hopefully we will when the pandemic ends. And then right after that, uh, or while I was in that, I booked Malvolio in Twelfth Night. Um, so I was learning my lines for Malvolio while performing for Damned, which was tough because in Damned, I was literally on every page except for like two or three, a million lines to learn, but I was also learning lines for Malvolio and I was in a film. So it was just like a lot going on at one time. So you're from Tennessee, is that right? No, I'm from Mississippi. That's where I am now. And I lived in Tennessee for six years while I went to school and worked. Okay. If you could, talk about 
what it was like to grow up, I don't know if I want to say the South, but if I want to say like Mississippi and then Tennessee, but, but talk about what it was like growing up and how Shakespeare became such a, a focus for you. Was it tied into your initial finding that you loved the art of theater or was it something else entirely? How did Shakespeare enter your life? How did art enter your life? What was that like in the Southern States? I honestly didn't like theater at the time, but in the third grade, a traveling Shakespeare company came and performed Taming of the Shrew. And I didn't understand what they were doing. I just knew that I wanted to do that. And then I, in the seventh grade, my next experience to Shakespeare was the seventh grade when we had to read Hamlet and Macbeth. And then in like the eighth grade, we read Romeo and Juliet. And then I didn't have any Shakespeare again until master my master's degree in acting like that was like the last of Shakespeare until I started my master's in acting and the first role I got cast in was Claudius in Hamlet in the college production of Hamlet and then after that I was uh Benedict and then after that I was Anthony and then after that I was in uh, I was Paris and Prince in in Rome I don't know growing up it was it was hard in the south because even our drama teacher in my high school was the speech teacher. So for most of the year, we would just do speech. And then once a year, we put on a production. We put on one musical and one stage play, and that would be like the theater component. So my life went into dance first, which was what I first did in college. Um, I was a dancer. I was performing at a, a, da a dance theater down here in Mississippi where I was playing. I, I played the Big Bad Wolf. In little, in, in little Red Riding Hood, sometimes being cheered on, sometimes being booed off the stage. So I think by the time I got to acting, if you go into an audition, just not bother. <laughs> so I'm grateful for being booed off the stage, grateful for people saying, you can't sing, but focus on something else. <laughs> so. That's a first. I've, I, that has not happened to me, nor does it happen to any guest, at least as much as they've divulged to me. So that's no, that's a, that's a little badge of honor, getting booed off a stage at some point. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's funny because when I joined the, when I started my medical degree and I had music, I've done choir and I've done band, but I've never done any solo singing. And so there were things technical things that I didn't know that I would get in front of my and get in front of the audience of like a hundred people and then do something completely horrible. <laughs> so who's next? <laughs> Hi. Are you uh are you good? Yeah I am. You Latrice? Yeah, I am. Oh well have a seat. I gotta admit, I was a bit nervous. Why? You seem like a very confident man. With the name Latrice, I thought you were gonna be black. <laughs> you don't find too many white girls with the name Latrice. You're I, racist. No, no, I'm not. I, 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 I love black people. Black people. I have some, some of my best friends are black. In New York, six years. I've been in acting since 2011, so this August will be nine years, and um, never look back. Really. Were there one or more people that were kind of your inspiration to get into acting? Or was it maybe like your mom or a teacher? Were, were there people responsible for you deciding to follow your path? 
Yes. So, but it wasn't like TV famous. Um, my old professor, Mark Allen Davis, who um, was on The Lion King on Broadway for like 20 years, uh, when the original Lion King cast, he, he became a college professor at my school. And he told me to, he told me that he saw that there was a lot of turmoil in me because I wanted to pursue the arts, but I also wanted to do what my family wanted me to do, which was become a doctor. Mm. And so he told me to go out, lay on the lawn, stare up at the stars, because in the South we can see the stars, <laughs> and, uh, and just ask the universe what's in store for me. And when I did, the only thing, all roads led back to acting, if that makes sense. Yeah, and of course. So, and so then I went and I joined the master's in acting program. I auditioned and got in without any acting training prior. And um, in one of my teacher's classes, uh, her name was Sarah Brown. She had us do an exercise where we had to imagine what would happen if acting wasn't in our life anymore. And I was still at this time a very, very new actor. But when she said that, I broke down and cried in the classroom to the point where they were like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And like they thought that I was having like a breakdown. And I looked at it and I was like, I can't imagine not acting. And like, that was like, I guess that was the bud of my, my uh, acting career. And then after that, I've just been like in New York, working, grinding really hard. Uh, my motto is to always, to, to never strive for anything less than perfection. Perfection is like the baseline, and I'm shooting for more than that. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. Um, because I, I don't want, I want to make sure that, because I believe wholeheartedly that when you have a, a product, people as consumers, we purchase product because it's the best product. And the more quality a product is, the more we can, we'll, the, the more people that will purchase it. If it's like a crappy product, then no one's going to really want to buy it. Um, so I just make sure that my writing, my acting, my directing, I always try to push myself to be better because I want to give the, uh, give my audience the best product possible. And that's probably part of the reason why you you chose to come to New York because it's your options. If you want to follow this as far as it can take you is New York, LA or London. There's certainly Chicago and there's certainly Vancouver. There are plenty of places to do what we do, but New York is you know, if, is one of the places you go if you want to see how far you can actually take things. So when you come here, had you ever stepped foot in New York before you decided to come here to pursue acting? Nope, never. I was afraid of New York. Never. But I'm, I'm kind of wild like that. I literally would just be chilling one day and then be like, you know what? And this actually happened. I think COVID set my ass down because I was like, you know what? I'm kind of bored with New York right now. I want to go to London for a bit. And I auditioned for um, Lambda, and I got the the invite email saying that they put me. I was up on, I was next on the waiting list, and um, and then the person, one of the people, didn't accept it, so I got, I was waitlisted, and then I got in. Um, but I canceled it, and I think uh, Royal Shakespeare's, not Royal Shakespeare, uh, Central School for Speech and Drama. Uh, I was going to audition for them as well. 
but I just kind of canceled and changed my mind and went to Shakespeare and Co. instead. I had never been to New York before. Never, never actually, I've never been anywhere on the Northeast coast before. I've never been higher than, um, I'd say South Carolina prior to coming to New York. Wow. That's a big, big cultural shift. Yeah. So you spent about six years here, right? Yes. Yes, six years. 2014 was when I got, January 2014 is when I moved. So it's about six years now, six and a half, even though I haven't been there for three months. So when did you say, okay, see you in New York. I got to get out of here. For the COVID yeah. situation? Oh, literally the day after they announced it on the news. They were like, they were like, Westchester has 100 cases in New York. Had, the New York City has 12 cases. I remember then, that day. And then the next day, if you remember the next day, the number of cases in New York City went up to 100 and the number of Westchester went to like 200 or something. And I was like, you know what? This is like people leave. So I hopped up on a plane and got out of there. And I'm glad I did because literally like three or four days later, it was in the thousands. And then the 300,000s eventually. So I was like, I'm glad I made the decision that I made to leave. And now I'm actually coming back uh, probably in the next like two or three weeks. What is your artistic vision moving forward, hoping that there's some degree of normalcy for the arts in New York? My artistic vision moving forward is to kick the doors of the industry down and just walk in. <laughs> uh, I am still acting obviously i am still forcing myself that no matter to never i'm, I'm never satisfied with where i am i've sent a few things to net uh, to network to abc and and to netflix i'm waiting to hear back from that if nothing good comes from it i'll just keep sending until something happens but i do know that i'm going to take more of a writer actor standpoint going forward where i'm going to create content from i'm going to create my own content i'm going to perform in it but I'm also going to pitch the content that I create to networks, uh, to Netflix, to Hulu. So now I guess moving forward, it's just figuring out how to stabilize, continue to be stable. Cause I've been a stable actor and writer. I've been getting paid uh, for my acting and writing for the past four years of me being in New York. First two years, I was kind of like freelance slash pay. But now I've been getting a steady, steady pay for it. So I want to make, make it moving forward, find myself in a place where this, my art can support my life and my lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's the, that's the goal for all of us. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's doing that it, until this happened, it was doing that for me, but I still had to pick up an occasional shift at my side gig. Um, and, you know, the goal is to make the kind of money I was making when I was computer programming, which pays substantially more than uh, being a, a working actor in New York for two years. So, yes. yeah, that, that's certainly the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully uh, some, one of my TV shows will get picked up and I'll be writing for some network or something. And then that way I can create more opportunities for um actors and myself and, and, and people who are my friends and in my community and my circle because there's been it's it's crazy because there's been so many people who see my talent and they go to bat for me 
they've been like really supporting and pushing me. Um, and sometimes when I feel like I don't want to push anymore, I have people constantly pushing me forward. Nice. Um, and so I definitely want to be able to succeed in this so that I can succeed more than I already have, I guess, so that I can really give back to those who've been constantly pushing me forward. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. People who supported me, I want to give back to them. Um, and people who who are probably out there who can't get certain opportunities or haven't gotten an opportunity, I want to at least try to make it to open up a doorway for them as well. I, I, I'm, I'm all about sharing with the community as opposed to like, I got to have this for myself and no one else. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much, dude. All right. Thank you.